Shelby and Matt. Finally, another Oscars is upon us. <laughs> and we have hosts this time. We do. We do. Uh, I think, is this the fourth Oscars we've talked about on the podcast? Oh Probably. Gosh. Yes. I, yeah, I think I so. I think so. Well, who was the last host that hosted the Oscars? Ugh, I don't know. Let's think. Who did? Well, Probably was... like Jimmy Fallon with like flu shots or something is that that sounds familiar <laughs> that was well let's see there wasn't one last year because that was the covid year and i think it was the year it was, before the it was jimmy kimmel that's who that was the last host yeah yeah yeah. back in 2018 for 2017's movies the year shape of water one. Oh, yes jimmy kimmel um yeah i'm excited with the direction they're going i guess they got amy schumer uh Wanda Sykes and Regina Hall to host. This is this news just came out uh, tonight. We're recording this Monday night, and so I think more details are coming out on how that'll be happening. Um, but basically, uh, the producer Will Packer, who did Girls Trip with Regina Hall, has been trying to figure out how to reinvigorate the oscars as they're always trying to do each year yes (laughs) and his theory his strategy has been like a three-act structure with a different mc or something every hour i don't know if that's what they've decided on but there's going to be the three of them and um i don't know it's kind of a fun mix i really like regina hall wanda sykes has been funny amy schumer can be funny so i'm holding out hope (laughs) so does that mean that in this if it's a i'm also read that they they would have a pair of hosts for each hour right so do we think that maybe there's another three people who will be announced later Hmm. i don't know or if it will just be two of them yeah and how did they announce this if they're like oh it's going to be announced officially on gma tomorrow it's like i don't yeah i was like did this leak or something was it like a reported deal i will say having just watched monster in law mm. wanda sykes is very funny in that yeah, movie she's... And... and she's done some bits i feel like at different yes, shows definitely i love regina hall i think she's yeah. so good at what she does like i don't know how she'll be as an oscar host it <laughs> picking her sort of reminded me of when they picked sandra O oh for the golden globes of like mm. Okay, this is somebody who everybody likes who is sort of funny, but not necessarily like a host. So, but I I think she did okay. I guess I don't really remember her and Andy Samberg very well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I guess that does ring a bell, though. So it was memorable enough to uh, get a bookmark in my brain. I just don't remember the details. But I feel like a host is usually the better go, if only because the like bits they've done the last few years have felt sort of disorganized and all over the place. And I guess that's kind of how it is all the time. Like, you know, going from flu shots to pizza or whatever it is. Um, But I guess it gives us something to look forward to. So I am excited about it. Well, also this year, I think the theme is like, welcome back to the movies or something like that. So it feels like it's going to be more of a, um, like let's talk about movie magic and like montages and so and more like nostalgia y kind of stuff, I think. Where last year they were really last year was terrible, but they were trying to like make the Oscars a movie and so they didn't really have clips and they didn't really have like very many jokey bits. It was mostly like serious stuff and they were reading off all of those anecdotes about the different nominees that were really long and boring. So this feels like they're definitely going in more of an entertainment route, which I am yeah. excited for. Yeah. And you know, I really love girls trip. So I don't know what really a producer can do as far as making the Oscars fun, but I have hope for him. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny it because last year was so bad. It can't be it worse bad, than yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one's back in one spot, uh, full, you know, the full theater. Everyone's showing up. I read that they're not doing a COVID vaccine requirement. Um, I don't know who of note pressured them not to, but <laughs> a return to normalcy. Um, yeah, so uh, that so that um, Nicki Minaj and uh, <laughs> yeah. what and and the girl from Black Panther can yeah, show the up. Cast of Black Panther, Joe Rogan. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Um, but yeah, I mean the kind of noteworthy, you know, stuff is all in the nominees themselves. But I did see that Jimmy Kimmel, speaking of, was being salty about it and went on a rant about the um about Spider Man. Far from home, not getting a best picture nomination over Don't Look Up. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. I didn't. He did. But he said that, um, how did he say it? He said, there's no way it's better than Don't Look Up. And that got a. No- he said, You're telling me Don't Look Up was better than Spider Man? It most certainly was not. Why do best picture noms have to be so serious? And I'm like, don't look up is literally a comedy. Like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, if you're if you're gonna like take aim at a serious I feel like yeah. this year's <laughs> nominees in general are not that serious. And they're mostly like big budget, well watched shows. Like, especially Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up is not the uh, you know, indie darling of that lineup. No. It's like everyone watched it. Everyone has an opinion about it, which is why you as a populist showtime hosts can reference it and get a rise out of an audience but in reality that that's not like a you know they're like that's a netflix movie that's a big movie with the big cast with a big budget that made a lot of money back from it so and also like i don't know it's just like a lazy argument at this point because popular movies do get nominated but you shouldn't need to be popular to be nominated and i agree that there's like a lot of pretentiousness around award shows but Seth Rogen also came out and was like, we just shouldn't care about the Oscars. Like, why do we care? Like, I don't care about like the car, you know, you you don't get car awards or whatever for like having the best cars. Why do we care about movie awards? And it's like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like that is so flippant to the work that people do. And like, as a culture, we're, we're all about like, yes, like celebrate your W's, like post them online, like get it girl, like yes, queen you worked hard, get that win, all of that. And so it's just like, it seems silly to pretend that the Oscars don't matter when you can see how winning an Oscar, getting recognition does lead to more roles, does lead to more opportunities. And I feel like should the Oscars change to be a little bit more inclusive? Definitely. But I think it's, you know, it doesn't mean we should do away with them or pretend that they don't count or that they're not valuable because these are all people who, you know, especially as you trickle down into the smaller categories, like they've worked hard for to get where they are in their careers. And I feel like it's fun to celebrate that and kind of enjoy this industry that everyone loves. So, well, not only that, but I also think that like, movies as an art form are very important yeah. in a lot of ways of like sharing stories, especially things like the international features and the documentary features oftentimes like highlight issues that otherwise people wouldn't know about. And the thing is, if you're a, if you're a blockbuster or a big comedy or something like the reward is in the box office because you're making a lot of money, right? Really the Oscars happening is the only reason why this type of film even gets made because all of the sort of like more dramatic more prestigious type stuff that doesn't have as big of an audience naturally the only reason why people go see those movies is because the oscars come out every year and so to say like oh well like why do we care about the oscars is yeah i think rude to like that whole like side of filmmaking that wouldn't happen if there wasn't this like industry around the Oscars and these other award shows. Um, Yeah. And also like if you're a cinematographer or whatever, like you're not getting a lot of props on the daily basis. So to have the opportunity to win an award for your life's work, I think is very cool. 
it, yeah. it always comes across as butthurt because the people who are talking about <laughs> awards don't matter are never people who are nominated for awards or people who are like have just won an award. They're always people who like didn't get in or like are upset that, you know, it doesn't happen. It's it's got big energy of like <laughs> of like you tried to ask somebody out, they said no, and then you're like, Well, they suck anyway. It's like, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. And it's sort of like I yeah, it they're here and the most we can do is like enjoy them. Do they get them right all the time? No. Like no. Green Book, you know, like ew, gross. You know, like there are movies that get recognition that should not. And we can look back and laugh at things that win, like crash or whatever it is that you wanna like point your nose at and like I totally understand it like captures the zeitgeist of a time that's not always a a great look but I think that's part of the fun and I think that's why we like the Oscars it's not just you know it's it's layers of of enjoyment where yes part of it is making fun of the self-importance of these actors getting up and like bearing testimony about what they've been through to get to where they are like you know some of it's moving some of it's silly some of it's over the top and the thing about movies is that everyone every single person enjoys some movie at some point in their life and it's Mm -hmm. like exciting that it's a a field in an industry that continues to have an impact on people's like lives and expressions and you know just the culture of the times and so I mean, it's no surprise that we like movies. And I feel like this is one of the rare years where I'm like, okay, with how things shook out. And even if I'm not, it's all, it's like, I feel like we're all, we're headed in the right direction where there's not like the same problem with representation, diversity, like big names, little names, whatever. I feel like there's a lot happening on these nominations that, you know, I can stand by. And maybe it helped that it was a, it was a shortened year. Because this is from April to December, is that right? It's from the end, uh, uh, from the beginning of March. Okay, yeah. So it's two months yeah. less than normal. So not like a huge difference, but I do feel like, I don't know, this year has just felt slower. So I've been able to like keep up more or something. And I feel like I have a better understanding of most of the movies here. And so that's kind of nice too. Yeah, the... The Academy has been getting more, well, after the Oscars So White controversy, they've been adding a lot of people who uh, have more diversity. And for whatever reason, I think in in a lot of the categories, especially the more technical categories, they have had to sort of look outside of the United States to find people to bring in so the foreign branch of the academy has gotten a lot bigger which i think is has lent itself to some more interesting picks in a lot of cases and less like oh all of the old white people in burbank california love this movie (laughs) because now you have to appeal to a much like wider more diverse audience so i think yeah i think the nominees are are really a lot better this year there's a lot less things where i'm like oh gosh not this not like joker (laughs) or green book or something and also the academy's forever has been trying to figure out a way to get like these big budget movies in because they think oh if spider-man gets nominated for best picture maybe everybody will who loves spider-man will watch the oscars like that was the rationale when they expanded it from five best picture nominees to 10 because dark knight didn't get in yeah it's like and yes Black Panther like made that cut but Black Panther was like a very significant movie in a lot of ways and yes this new Spider-Man movie did do very well at the box office and is sort of like the ah we're returning to theaters sort of movie (laughs) but it was not it was not delivering the same like depth that something like Black Panther was um yeah I feel like I loved Spider-Man No Way Home but it's hard. Like, I agree that, like, I agree that popular movies are good movies. But I think they still have to be achievements worthy of being in the top 10 of an entire year. Yeah. And there's a lot about No Way Home that I love. But I think a big part of that is the nostalgia alone. And I don't think that necessarily translates in every choice that movie makes as far as, you know, uh, script and it, the stuffing in of characters and the sequences and fights. And it's like, 
it's amazing what they're able to do with a computer generated, you know, monstrosity, but it doesn't necessarily carry the same emotional and human gut punch that something like Into the Spider-Verse does even, where this just feels kind of formulaic in a way that it needs to be because it's a Marvel movie and I'm not trying to rob Marvel movies of their ability to be more than, but it's just kind of like, I don't think No Way Home is going to stand the test of time, even in the Marvel bubble, like not stand the test of time, but I mean like it won't stay at the top of the pack always as like this great film that transcended its own genre. Like I just, I don't know. Well, it's also difficult because that movie in a lot of ways felt like a connector piece. You know, it felt like a good episode of a TV show. It's basically like the eighth sequel in the Spider-Man universe. And then on top of that, it's however many into the MCU, there's (laughs) random asides that are connections to TV shows that are connections to other movies. Like it's not for as good as it is. It's not really like a cohesive, like, piece of a something in and of itself and even when you get to the end it's like obviously leading towards whatever the next movie is so and i feel like those type of movies always struggle to do well at the oscars if it's sort of some kind of like in between sequel something something it's like yeah you want the movie that's like a sort of like perfect entity of itself which I think is why Black Panther did so well. You don't want something that's like the third piece of an eight part whatever. Right. Well, and even looking at like, you know, like you mentioned Dark Knight, which I think is a stupendous film. And and the reason I think that continues to be referenced as a Oscar worthy film is because of the attention to detail that not only went into the script, but the music, the acting, the cinematography, the I don't know, the, the layers of it is it's interesting to dissect. Whereas I feel with something like Spider-Man, it's more interesting to, it's more entertaining to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just like, there's not as much happening that's like, wow, the artistry of filmmaking itself. It's more like, this is such a fun story. And it's so like, like it's so energetic the way every character brings their piece to it. But overall... I don't think the director left a mark on it. I don't know if the script was especially like special. Like, you know, I don't know. And maybe I do come off sounding like a, a snob, <laughs> but I love No Way Home. Like it's in one of my, it's one of my top three movies of the year so far, but I just don't think that means it's Oscar worthy. Yeah. Yeah. There's just different like levels of things <laughs> that you're looking for. I feel like, yeah. especially in best picture, like those movies I think need to be firing on a number of different cylinders. Like I want to look down the lineup of, and be like, okay, yes, it had great cinematography. It had a great score. It had great acting. It had great song. Like, like I feel like in order to be the best picture, you have to hit like a bunch of those different marks. Which which is why house of Gucci is nowhere to be seen. (laughs) Right. Yes. Unfortunately, there was one good thing about house of Gucci, which was lady Gaga. And even (laughs) she didn't get nominated. So yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, our Spider-Man apologies aside, I do feel like it's an interesting lineup um, of kind of movies. Is there still snubs? There's still like losses people feel, but all in all, an interesting mix. Um, Should we go through like the best picture and then kind of break down the different yeah yeah let's go yeah let's go to best picture first how did you feel about these nominees in general well i guess have you seen most of the i've seen all of the best you know i've been working through at a steady pace so i've seen all except belfast belfast and drive my car and licorice pizza but i'm not watching that so (laughs) (laughs) yes that's a personal choice that I just know I have no interest in. My husband mm-hmm. saw it. He caught me up on it. And I, I'm glad I didn't see it. Yeah. I think you're glad I didn't see it too, frankly. Yes. Um. <laughs> yes. I mean, I did not love licorice pizza. I am not a licorice <laughs> yeah. pizza stan. I yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. But I am endlessly baffled by the choice of directors to repeatedly go back to the idea of trying to sell us on an underage romantic relationship it's like it's like coming of age it's like why why like i i feel like the i mean maybe it is much more prevalent than i think it is in (laughs) my life but i'm like i feel like the the like ratio of movies that have that in it 
as like presented as a good thing versus examples of it being a good thing in real life is like you know there's <laughs> it's like none you know yeah so i did yeah. not love licorice pizza yeah the, that's the paul thomas anderson one um and i like paul thomas anderson mm, in general yeah. like i loved the um there will be blood i like magnolia like i thought phantom thread was f- fine yeah so. Yeah, he he's fine. Uh, everyone has their thoughts, but um, yeah, Belfast is the Kenneth Branagh uh, black and white film. You liked it. I I want to watch it. It's just not available anywhere. Yeah, um, I feel like you'll like Belfast. It's yeah. very sweet and charming. Yeah, and then there's Coda, which I talked about. It's a very sweet and charming film about a a daughter who's hearing in a family of deaf. Um, and just like her musical journey, very sweet, very sweet, very sweet. It's yeah. on Apple TV, easy to watch. I feel like Coda and Belfast are very much like, and King Richard, I think, which is the Venus and Serena Williams dad yeah. movie, are the three that are like the most like feel good. If you were going to go watch a movie with like your parents kind of energy, it would be one of those three. I can't really see anybody <laughs> disliking those movies. Like they're... Yeah. They're very much just like nice, enjoyable movies to watch. Yeah. And then you have the controversial Don't Look Up, another Netflix movie. Um, yeah. Which got raked over the coals by critics. Yes. And then it came out and did so well for Netflix and everybody loved it. Yeah. Or, or uh, like people in general, I feel like, <laughs> did. I. It's. It it's, feels like an uneven movie to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can see. If it didn't get in Best Picture, I would have been fine with that. I think that there are parts of it that are working, but it was, but it's sort of strange. I feel like that it didn't get any um, acting nominations, given yeah. that I would have said that the strongest parts of the movie are probably like the performances more than like the writing or anything else. But yeah, I kind of feel like I'm not surprised because. It featured so many stars. It was a splashy, buzzy movie. So I feel like, okay, when you have 10 slots, it's easy to say, like, let's slide this one in. Um, but yeah, when you think about it, like the movie for me had a really strong beginning and a really strong end. But the middle part is a pretty slow slog that feels overstuffed with um, kind of self-referential, like self-important criticisms of the industry they're a part of. And while I can appreciate that, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily the most cleaned up draft that it could have been. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like if I were to pick what two movies I think are most likely to win, I feel like this is the underdog where it would be like half the world would be pissed at one, but the other half would be like, I knew this was coming. Yeah, this definitely sort of does have, like, it's very different, but I feel like it has kind of Joker energy to it a mm. little bit, where there are some people who, like, hate this movie yeah. <laughs> so much and would be so mad. But then there is, like, this large kind of populist contingent that is very into it. And so... Well, and it's go- like a it's like a commentary. So it's like, yeah. oh, I can feel good about voting for this because it's like we're bringing attention to the issues. And whether or not you think it does a good job of bringing attention to the issues, like it is an issues driven movie. And so I can feel, I feel like some people might be motivated to vote for it just because it's like, this is important. This is a movie of our time, you know? I think the the difficulty is in that with the way they do voting, it's the preferential ballot. So you have to mm, rank the movies. That's true. And I think that as that has borne out in the last like 10 or so years, that generally something that's like more middle of the road and less controversial usually wins because I could see a lot of people putting don't look up number 10. If you had to rank these movies <laughs> yeah. where I think something like <laughs> Belfast or power of the dog, like, or Dune are not movies that people are going to put at the bottom of the, like they might not be your, your favorite movie, but they're not, going to be your least favorite movie yeah yeah so i don't know i know it'll uh, be interesting 
Then the then Drive My Car is nominated, which is a three hour long Japanese movie. Oh yeah, I didn't see this one yet either. This is definitely where the like foreign branch or the international branch of the Academy has gotten its clutches into this. I was hesitant to see this movie at first because I'm like, it's three hours. That seems like a lot. I'm like yeah. this yeah, I'm probably gonna this is going to be boring. I found this movie very fascinating. It's mm. one of my favorites of the year. It reminded me a lot of Burning that came out yeah. a couple of years ago. Um, it's sort of, it's it's got a lot of different interesting pieces to it. It's about a man who realizes that his wife is cheating on him and then the wife dies and he is sort of like grieving that process and then at the same time he has to go and direct this play that's going on in a different part of Japan and so it's it's about him like casting this show and dealing with the actors and sort of like putting it together while at the same point um dealing with this death of his wife and it turns out that his wife's former lover like is also involved in this production and then on top of that he has this driver who is driving him back and forth and so it's also kind of about their relationship there's just a lot of different Hmm. pieces and then it all really like ties together really well at the end and i thought was very emotionally impactful this i think it's unlikely that it would win but it's definitely kind of like the critical uh like the most sort of like lofty highbrow option in the mix like west side story i think (laughs) well i hated west side story but yeah yeah, west side story also Mm. is like a different kind of lofty you know what i mean like west side story is very very like old hollywood people (laughs) obsessed with it like i watched this movie when i was a child and now i'm going to i mean it did so badly at the box office like just a disaster i was pretty surprised it got nominated i guess it's like a technical achievement like i i wasn't mad like steven spielberg is a talented director and you can see that in the way he made the film like there's some cool shots there's some really beautiful like set moments and transitions and like he's drawing attention to things with the camera like it's like you know I can't fault him for it I just fault him for choosing that story to tell in the first place yeah uh, yeah I think it's just a bad like we didn't need to go back and remake this. Yeah. Like like the story that they were trying to tell in like the 40s or 60s or whenever this came out like fine whatever we were a different time then but to try to judge it up for a 2021 audience it's just like it doesn't quite work. And if you wanted to make a movie, you could you know that's like a musical that's set in this time period and you know like has dancing on the street like you could have done that and had a completely new thing versus just rehashing something old i think that for as many people as who liked this movie the fact that it only got one acting nomination the fact that it doesn't show up in as many categories as i thought it would make makes me think that this probably is not a winning option Yeah, I think more people's eyes are on the power of the dog which is another netflix film And one that's, like, pretty hard to describe. (laughs) Yeah, it got the most nominations with 12 this year, which is a lot. lot. Um, It got four acting nominations. Mm -hmm. It got, yeah, a lot of craft categories. This one, I definitely, I could see this winning Best Picture pretty easily. It's directed by Jane Campion, who I think is the frontrunner for Best Director. She's won a bunch of precursor awards in that category it's about these two brothers who live on a ranch in montana and one of them is like very mean and the (laughs) other one is sort of like nice and sweet and the sweet brother gets married and so his the new wife and their sort of like effeminate shy boy son move out onto the ranch and the mean brother just wreaks havoc on everybody and you, it's one of those movies where, like, you sort of don't know, like, what is happening or where it's going yeah. until, like, the last 10 minutes when everything ties together in a really cool way. Yes. I liked it. It wasn't, like, 
my favorite movie. If it wins, I feel like I'll feel about it like I feel about Shape of Water or something where it's mm. like, oh, okay. Like, I like that movie. I can see why it's well done. I, it's a worthy winner. But it, yeah. I don't have, like, a strong connection to it. Did you like it? Or you haven't seen it? Yeah, no, I watched it. I, I liked it. I hated it for the first, like, hour. I was just, like, pissed about everyone involved. I was like, what's the point of this movie? I'm so mad that they're shoving this, like, oh, I'm closeted and so I mean story down my throat. <laughs> and then the ending, like, really wowed me. And and it really, like, it, it reminded me of, like, Never Never Let You Go, which is that Kazuo Ishiguro uh, novel turned movie. Oh, where uh-huh. it's like, yeah. You're kind of like, well, oh, this is fine. And then the ending is enough that it just like elevates it. And so I really do like, I've thought about it more. Like it's just one of those lingering ones that I feel it was really interesting what she decided to do with it. And so I was like, Oh wow. Yeah, no, that was a good movie. So, and it's like a really beautiful movie and really atmospheric. And I think everyone's doing like interesting things in it. And so I'm rooting for this one, I think out of the whole lineup. Yeah, I think the movie that I'm rooting for most is Dune. Yeah. To win. I love Dune. I love Dune. I mean, I read the book. I loved the movie. And I just, like, there's no acting noms for Dune, but it got a ton of technical awards. And I sort of feel like the Oscars have this bias towards these sci-fi movies, mm. like when Mad Max didn't win. Um, There's, I think that there has never been a best picture winner. That's like a sci, like a science fiction movie. There's like Lord of the Rings one, which is like fantasy. But I just, I think that these, these like Dune was the adaptation from the book to the movie, I think is so good. Like that Mm -hmm. screenplay, the directing is phenomenal. I think everybody in, in the acting who is acting is doing a good job. The costumes are great. The music is great. The visual effects are outstanding on top of that it did so well in the box office where a bunch of these movies did not (laughs) i just i'm like if we aren't gonna give dune the best picture like what are we waiting for on this (laughs) you know like we like so many westerns have won and i love power of the dog but i'm like like i want to see dune win i want i want one of those type of movies to win and i feel like dune is a very like one of the best versions of that that we have yeah yeah, it's an interesting conundrum. It was kind of cursed with it got like 10 nominations, but didn't get best director, which I feel yeah. like has kind of been the kiss of death for movies where they they like want to give it awards, but they actually don't think it's like if you're not giving the the like leader a nomination, then it seems kind of hard pressed to be like, oh, but we'll give you best picture. Yeah, I don't think that Dune will win. Yeah. Um I think that it will probably be either Belfast or Power of the Dog. Those seem to be the two that are have the most like traction at yeah. this point. The... Yeah, I think Dune. I really like Dune too. I would. I wouldn't be mad about it. But you're right. It's kind of hard to picture the Academy um, giving it to a movie that was in its own way sort of divisive in like well, what's the point of this? Why were you pitching it as a Zendaya movie? And then you robbed me of any Zendaya moment. Mm -hmm. What is the sand about what's going on? And so I wonder if people who haven't read the book kind of walked away with less excitement for it than someone like you who has. Yeah. Well, it's also shocking that it didn't get a best director nomination because I feel like there's so much directing going on in the movie where like Belfast or even West Side Story, it's like, or I mean, not West Side Story, Power of the Dog. It's like, those are movies that, like, what? Well, like the, <laughs> Power of the like Dog, they're, I mean, there's I mean, a lot I think of that they're, important y- stares at the camera. And... Yeah, yes, but there's, like, less orchestrating, I feel like, that has to be going on. Mm, interesting. Well, the other one we haven't talked about, the last of the ten, is Nightmare Alley, which is the Guillermo, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro um, sort of film noir uh circus story which is on hulu um i just watched it it's definitely film noir you know it gives you those vibes of like old school you know i don't know if you've watched vertigo or like dial yeah. in like any of those sort of like 
shadowed corners. Uh, who can you like trust? Light a cigarette outside yeah. my office, sort of energy. <laughs> Sudden phone calls. Yeah, radio play in the background. Um, yeah, I didn't like it, but I think it was visually an achievement. Yeah. I just feel like it seems like something that's been done in so many different iterations that it's almost like, well, what is this adding? The the crafts are really beautiful. I mean, they built like this whole circus set. All the sets are gorgeous. Like the costumes are really cool. But this was definitely like the ninth, tenth movie, like an on the bubble slot. And the fact that it beat out things like Tick, Tick, Boom or The Tragedy of Macbeth, which I feel like are just stronger movies is frustrating to me. Yeah. Also, Nightmare Alley is like two separate movies squashed together. It's like the yeah, first half is this that? carnival plot line. Okay. And then the second half is this like sort of um I don't know, like con man heist kind of thing. Mm. The characters from the first half largely are completely different from the second half. It's like a completely different setting mm. and sort of vibe. And then you come back to the carnival plot line in the very sort of last scene to tie it together. But I just don't, I I'm like, why it's so long. I don't know why we needed, like, I don't understand what's the purpose of both of those half of Um, those points. You know what I mean? Like you could have easily taken out the whole plot line involving like Richard Jenkins and his like dead ex-wife or whatever. And just sort of stuck in like a car in the carnival setting and stayed with those characters. Cause I feel like, like the Tony Collette character or the Willem Dafoe character, it's like they appeared, but then they never really got to do anything. Yeah. And then we were on and I don't know. I didn't feel like the movie gave enough to Bradley Cooper in like character sort of development. Oh, that interesting. It, that it, like, I don't think well, we I needed guess, that yeah, second I half. You mean. You know? Yeah. I, and yes. at the same time, it's not like a curious case of Benjamin Button or like a um, Forrest Gump kind of thing where it's like, okay, we're following one character through like 10 different things. <laughs> it's like... You're like, there's a balance here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, what? Like, why? It feels to me like somebody like wanted to do these two separate types of movies and we're like, oh, I'll just put them together. See, I think, I, I think it was... It was maybe lost the thread there in the second half, but I do feel like it was important that it did have that division and it sort of showed the 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 crossroads moment where he decided, no, I'm going to, I, I'd rather choose my success than this family I've created. Like he wanted something more. And I, I don't know, I feel like that added to this film noir aspect where it is sort of this, this sort of, doom that you're marching towards without ever realizing the steps you're taking are all the wrong ones. Um, my issue with that film was more that the women exist as mere oh, plot yeah. points. Like I was so frustrated. Even Tony Collette, like she shows up and she's like, oh, you look like trouble, gives him a hand job, And then it's like, it's never addressed ever again. And I was like, what no. was the point of that? Like, I'm not a prude, but I'm just like, if you're going to... I don't even know, like just well, demean the Rooney women Mara to the character point of nothing. got to do nothing. Yeah, nothing. And even like, um, why do Kate I Blanchett? Say? Yeah, Kate Blanchett. It's like these people aren't given any space to work, and they're not given any motivations beyond being there to serve the dude however he needs or however the movie needs and it was very much i'm like i don't know if you're just dialing into that like sexist trope of yesteryear but i do not like it good sir like no thank you so that that left a bad taste in my mouth with the movie for sure yeah yeah luckily nightmare alley did not get a ton of (laughs) nominations yeah i mean what's interesting is like looking at this lineup of movies and then looking at what makes best director um it, it i don't know it kind of felt like strange how they picked who got it because <laughs> it went yeah. to paul thomas anderson which is obvious steven spielberg another favorite kenneth Branagh, who now i think has been nominated in the most categories of anyone ever in the history of the oscars because he's you know been nominated for acting editing whatever mm-hmm. um and now directing and then uh, Drive My Car and The Power of the, the Dog both got it. But I kind of felt like, I don't know, it seemed like Dune, like to your point, deserved it. But it was also like, why? Why? I don't, I didn't see it. But like, 
why licorice pizza? <laughs> the, I think, like, so Jane Campion feels like, I mean, she's the front runner for Power of the Dog. I feel like her nomination was obvious. And Belfast is also doing really well and is very much like, it's a story about Kenneth Branagh, like growing up. So the whole movie is like him. And since I think he's the director, like that sort of makes sense. Also the directing branch is especially international. So the last bunch of years, there has been at least one um, foreign director. So it makes sense that Hamaguchi gets in for drive my car. I feel like, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson and Steven Spielberg are, I think are here on like name recognition only because yes, their movies, like, there's a lot of, I guess, sort of moving pieces to them, but I don't understand why they got, like, I can understand why they got in over, like, Coda, but I Mm -hmm. don't understand why they would have gotten in over Dune, um, or even, honestly, I feel like Nightmare Alley has, like, more going on, sort of in a directing space, Mm. um, than at least Licorice Pizza does. I mean, West Side Story, I guess you have all of the dance numbers and stuff, so, there is a lot going on there, even if I didn't like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a, um, I don't know. It's a fine category. Um, I think some people noticed the absence of Maggie Gyllenhaal, who did her directorial debut with the uh, lost daughter. Um, but I feel like that might've been a stretch, but I do think these, is this the category where everyone's been nominated before or is that the best actor? I think best actor, yes. Best actor and actress, the only person who hasn't been nominated before is Kristen Stewart. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't think Amaguchi's been nominated for director oh, before. Right. And Kenneth Branagh definitely, I don't think, has either. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got my notes out of order then. Um, but yeah, it, it's like, a, you know, I think the biggest snub is the uh, Dune absence just because that's such a highly nominated film in every yeah. other category that's sort of like... It, it seems pretty rude to be like, oh, this is the best in everything, but not the guy who pulled the pieces together. Yeah, yeah. Mm, so sad yeah. for him. <laughs> I'm wondering, I wonder though if him getting, like, missing this will help it in other categories to a certain extent mm. because people are like, oh, like, Dune is underserved. Like, we got to vote for Dune. Mm, interesting. I just I don't mean, know we'll if see. there's love for Dune. Yeah. yeah I'm worried yeah. that's the problem, Matt. I'm sorry. Ugh. I'm sorry to say it. Um, Everyone's just going to vote for Don't Look Up (laughs) instead. It does seem like, you know, this is a, this is a year of a lot of honoring of greats. Um, Like I said, with the best actor, especially these are all actors who have been nominated before. Um, And you see that in a bunch of other categories. And it just feels like to a point where it's like, well... They might be good, but these aren't the best they've done. So we know they can do better. So do they deserve a nomination for this? Um, maybe not with well, Best Actor, especially because that you have. Well, yeah, and Best Actor because you have Benedict Cumberbatch in The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith in King Richard, Denzel Washington in Tragedy of Macbeth, and Javier Bardem in Being the Ricardos. And that last one is so laughable to me. Like, no offense to that man but i don't i didn't watch i love lucy i guess so i don't know if he's doing like an amazing approximation of no but even regardless of like source material i don't think anyone in that movie did a remarkable job like it felt like they were all phoning it in clearly the acting branch for whatever reason loved being the ricardos because he got three nominees but then it's not nominated in any other category so it's like it's odd to see him show up here um Especially when I think that there were other good performances that didn't get into that category, like like Leonardo DiCaprio in Don't Look Up, um, Peter Dinklage was really good in Cyrano. I mean, honestly, mm. I feel like even Bradley Cooper in Nightmare Alley was better than even Nicolas Cage in Pig was better than Javier. Yes, like I just there were so many surprises that could have been had here, but it just felt like a lazy writing where it's like, oh well, I mean. I just think people love a good biopic. Not that that was a good biopic, but they love a biopic because it's like, oh, well, sure. Why not? (laughs) I think also after last year, because it was a lot of smaller movies, a Mm. lot of the bigger name actors, like their movies are now coming out this year. So I do think that sort of has to Mm. do with why those leads are so many like 
favorites returning. Yeah. Um, Because then in Best Actress, you have Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, who just won a couple of years ago for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, and then Kristen Stewart for Spencer, which I was so excited. I I love Spencer so much. I love Kristen Stewart in it. I think she does such a good job as Princess Diana. Like, I also like Jessica Chastain. Like, I like all of these performances fine. Nicole Kidman, I guess. But... But I, I want Kristen Stewart to win so badly. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I watched Spencer. It's on Hulu, too, so easy to watch if you've been waiting, like I have been. And um, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, I watched. That one feels more like a, I don't know, like a parody almost. It's just is like over the top in some ways. But she does a good job. She always does a good job. I like that all of these actresses are in movies that aren't nominated in anything else. Like, I feel like that's a nice... <laughs> Or not nominated in any of the other big categories. Yeah, I was really upset that neither of the actresses from Passing got in, yeah. Tessa Thompson or Ruth Negga, because I loved that movie, but like I, I would have bopped out Tessa Nicole Thompson. Kidman and stuck in Tessa Thompson. I mean, Tessa Thompson's doing less in that movie than Ruth yeah. Negga is. I feel like, yeah, Tessa Thompson felt like she was giving me the least of those three uh, main characters in that movie. But... It would have been better than Nicole Kidman for sure. I don't think Nicole Kidman, and I don't, like I said, I'm not attached to I Love Lucy. So I didn't care about the hype of like, she looks nothing like her. She can't do her. Like, I don't care about that. But just watching the movie and seeing, you know, having watched things with Nicole Kidman in it before this, like she was not, I don't know what it was about that movie, but they were not like giving their all. Like that was not a good performance by her. Like I would rather watch her in Big Little Lies than being the Ricardo. You know like, who I was giving was her all? Lady Gaga. <laughs> no, I was wonder I was pleased to be proven right in having her not show up here. I do Ugh. not think that just because you made a movie enjoyable that means you're a good actor because I don't think she did good work in that movie. Ugh, I disagree, <laughs> but yes, this the lead it, it was funny cuz the lead categories I feel like were so competitive this year. There were so many good performances and yeah. then the supporting categories was truly like just groping around on the floor like <laughs> trying to find anybody they could shove into these spots. <laughs> Rude. I mean, you have um, Belfast represented. I don't know his character. Um, oh, yeah. He's the he, Sharon Hines plays the grandfather in okay. Belfast. And then you have the dad in Coda. Right? Yes. Yeah. And Troy then, Kotzer. And then you have Cody Smith McPhee from The Power of the Dog, who's like the son. Oh, no. I deleted the other Yeah. Ones. And then Jesse Plemons from oh, okay. Power of the yeah, Dog, right, who's Power the, the nice brother. Yes. And then J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardo. I was like, why? It. That was awful. Why is he here? J.K. The... Simmons is so talented. And him being last rewarded for Whiplash to now being nominated for this is just like an insult to him. He should be embarrassed, frankly, because it is like... He showed up one day, read his lines, and walked off. Like, there is nothing in that movie that warranted a nomination. I like, I feel like I look at these nominations and I'm like sort of underwhelmed by them. But then I go and look at the other people who like could have been nominated. It's like Jared Leto in House of Gucci, Bradley Cooper in Licorice Pizza, someone from West Side Story, like Ben Affleck in The Tender Bar. I'm like, none of these are really doing West Side it for Story, me. that guy, the like sad, scrawny, racist dude, I would have yeah. thought he deserved it over J.K. Simmons. Like, yeah, well, at least he's singing and dancing and <laughs> he's like showing some range, some emotion. I got nothing from J.K. Simmons except like, oh, I'm an alcoholic, but I don't show any signs of it. Isn't that fun for me? It's just like, what What do you want? Like, this is just like, it's just that same thing. Hollywood loves Hollywood. And I think it's like, oh, yeah. Tell I think biopic it, story. I think it's very <laughs> possible, especially if everybody loves Power of the Dog as much as I think they do, that, that Benedict Cumberbatch, Cody Smith-McPhee, and Kirsten Dunst could all win the acting trophies because i think no, but i want i want i want jesse plemons and kirsten Dunst i mean i want them to win too but i think jesse plemons getting in was <laughs> like he was sort of i think that was unexpected yeah yeah because this is the first um oscars where two married couples are represented in the acting categories yes um and it's kirsten Dunst and jesse plemons both 
their first nominations um, for the same movie. Kirsten Dunst was great. I agree with that. Jesse Plemons isn't really in the movie that much. Yeah. I liked him, but I don't think... Like, I think he's a great actor. Honestly, I do. I mean, Game, yes. game Night, he should have gotten an award for that because I think that's just amazing he's good he's one of those people who's just good in everything yeah. like like whether it's a big role or a little role whether he has to like be doing a lot or not he's he's like very reliable yeah but the rest of the best supporting actress is jesse buckley who plays the younger olivia coleman in the last lost daughter who i think was really good um and yeah then i liked her ariana debose from west side story who's uh anita who again was the only good part of that movie yes uh judy dench i didn't see it but i heard she was just like okay judy dench so belfast is about you know this boy growing up in like the 50s or 60s in northern ireland during the troubles and it's like him and his parents and his grandparents and the grandparents sharon hines and judy dench like have a couple of very good scenes that are like very moving and that i cried during so i can see Hmm. how like you would nominate them they're not necessarily like doing a ton but they both have like a couple of very solid good scenes yeah but if we're going for a black and white movie i think ruth nega should have gotten this yes yes definitely (laughs) based on trailer alone (laughs) uh i mean i watched passing but not belfast um but yeah then you have kirsten dunce and ingenue ellis for king richard so I feel like that's good in King good. Richard too. Yeah, I like all of these people. Yeah. Um Yeah. I feel like I wouldn't I be. I was mad glad about Rita Moreno didn't get in. I was so worried <laughs> that she was gonna get nominated. And I was like, she's doing nothing in that movie, and I hate that movie anyways. <laughs> yeah, there's not like any I don't know who else I would have rather except Ruth Nega, but um I feel like yeah, this this is one where I'm like, you know what? Everyone here did a good job. I'm happy for yeah. them. Good job, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, are there any other uh, moments of frustration in this nomination list for you? Like out, like just the rest of the categories? Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's like moments of frustration necessarily. I was really excited to see Flea got nominated. Flea is a documentary that's a Danish documentary that's animated so it got into animated messes up my mind like how can it be a documentary if it's an animated movie like isn't it just a biopic or something at that point no so what they so what they did was they it's about i I think you would love it it's honestly one of my favorite movies of the year it's about a man who i think is an, an af from afghanistan who's a refugee who flees to russia and then to um the Netherlands uh, or no, not the, to Denmark. Um, and so it's like, they interviewed him, but to preserve his like anonymity, they don't show him. So mm. instead they take like the clips of him talking and do animation over it. Okay. So it's all. Um, so yeah, it's like his story and it's not like rewritten or anything. It's mm. actually him, but it's just, um, but it's just then animated over top of it. Okay. But he's also the the main character is also gay, so like that's a plot line in there as well as like part of the reason why he's escaping. And it's a story about friendship because the director of the film and the person who made it is like a childhood best friend who he met, like who lived in Denmark, who he met once he, the boy finally got over. It's a very good, interesting story, and. Yeah, and and so it's cool to see it get nominated in all three categories because no movie has ever done that before. I don't know if that, like, hurts its chances in any of those categories. Presumably, Drive My Car will win Best International Feature. And I don't... And I... Even though I think Flea is by far the best of the animated movies, you know, it's up against, like, Encanto and Luca and Ryan the Last Dragon and the Mitchell... The okay, Mitchells, versus the, Mitchells the versus the Machines. I love really the Mitchells cute. versus the Machines. It's so good. But it's, it's like, really but I don't know if like in that branch, if they're going to give it to like the like sort yeah. of like serious adult movie or if right. they're going to go for one of the like children's musicals. Yeah, that feels like the more popular, uh, the, you know, Pixar always takes that usually for good reason. But this is kind of like a packed 
category with three Disney movies on it. But yeah, I haven't seen Flea. I'm sure it's good, but it sounds like it's less about it being animated, right? Like it's not meant. I don't know. Well, the animation is really interesting. Like the way that they do it is really clever because I think it allows them to tell the story in a really neat way. Okay, fine. I'll watch it and I'll judge it then. But I do want to say that the Mitchells versus the Machines is Uh, by far the best movie on here that I've seen. So it's on Netflix yes now, it's so better everyone th- should watch it it's from the people who did the lego movie yes so which i didn't better- realize until like this moment uh, <laughs> so it makes yeah, it's, sense it's better than i mean i liked encanto fine too but it's definitely better than that yeah it's like it's and it's def it's way better than luca which yeah. i was sort of like mad about and i really liked ray and the last dragon but that's like just a forgettable film but the Mitchells vs. the Machines is like one a charming story, but then on top of it, it has the like cool animation thing going for it, where it's mostly computer generated. But then on top of it, they do sort of like I don't know, like a like comic book, comic book, yeah, uh, illustration, two D illustration. So it was fun, and it was really like funny too and clever. It was so funny, and it moved me to tears. And that's always a good sign of a animated <laughs> like. That's exactly what you want these days. Yeah. So I can't recommend it enough to anyone listening uh, who's been on the fence about it. But. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> the The best international feature list. I love Drive My Car. I love Phil, Flea. Ha- the Hand of God is really good. I feel like you might not like The Hand of God. But, <laughs> um, but that's on Netflix. I think you maybe would like The Worst Person in the World, though. Um, that, I think, is a Norwegian film. And it's about this woman who's sort of like flailing kind of and trying to like figure (laughs) out. This reminds you of you. (laughs) Well, no, she's like, she's like going back and forth between like a couple of different relationships. And it's sort of saying like that she's sort of unbearable, but at the same time, she's just like a normal person who I think. I, I don't know. It's it's a very like nuancey kind of movie yeah. where it's like sort of not really about anything, but is about a lot of things at the same time. Um, and that also got in a screenplay nomination and a lot of the critics like that. I haven't seen any of the documentaries other than Flea. I know I haven't. I usually have like heard of one or something, but they were all like really random to me. Um, I don't know if yeah. they're just not streaming yet. So that's why they've been kind of under the radar. Because I know, like, usually there's one on Netflix or something that people have watched. But, yeah, those ones and the international ones have been kind of harder to track down. Um, I, I did a whole article on BuzzFeed, for anybody who cares, that's um, that's all of the nominees and where you can watch them. Yeah, so. most of them are, like, buy a ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, like, in a theater. I was like, this is not helpful, Matthew. I expected uh, passcodes to your streamers, but to my streamers. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Beyonce got her first nomination for a best original song on the King Richard song, which I do not remember. I have no opinions of. It's not great. It's not her best work. It, I liked Spirit way better than mm. Be Alive. Well, the something. other option is Lin Manuel Miranda, who's up for the last piece of the EGOT puzzle. With his um, one nomination for Encanto, um, sort of the more emotional one. Yeah. Um, I think that they made a mistake here. They submitted the songs like earlier. And so we don't talk about Bruno didn't like wasn't as big of a hit yet. That is an Oscar worthy song. I'm just well, going to be Yeah, honest. but like that's, that's the one TikTok that everybody knows. I, I don't know. We're... I think I, I, I really I think Billie Eilish is going to win this category. That's what yeah, I think is going to happen. I think that's the most recognizable. She did No Time to Die from No Time to Die. It's been on the radar for like three years. Everybody since loves then. Billie Eilish. She won yeah. a million Grammys. Well, not everyone. Uh, Kanye would like a word. Uh, still waiting on that mm. apology. But um, yeah, I think as someone who wasn't that into Encanto and didn't like fully get the hype and follow the rest of the songs through their TikTok um, moments, this the finale song was the my favorite watching the movie. So I'm not, I don't feel like it was the wrong choice. I feel like it caters to the audience that's voting. Um, whereas something like we don't talk about Bruno is like so much dependent on the like general zeitgeist of reactions to it and less about the song itself. You know, I'll also say that I know that we have had like issues 
with Lynn and sort of being annoying. But between the Encanto music, which I think is really catchy, and the fact that he directed Tick, oh, Tick, 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 Tick Boom, Boom, which I loved. You've been softened. I would like I feel like if he won, I would be fine with that. Like yeah. he is very talented. He like he's, You're back on the back on the LMM train. Well, I mean, like obviously I would also love it if Beyonce won. I like yeah. Billie Eilish. Like truly any I mean, Diane Warren has been nominated I think 14 times now and has not won. So uh, that song is terrible, but (laughs) the, but yeah, I'm like, if Lynn wins this, like Lynn will win an Oscar at some point and it's just a matter of time. And I'm fine if he wins it for this. Oh, wow. Yeah. You heard it here first. It's not like last year where I really wanted Husevik to win. Yeah. (laughs) A moment. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, Hasaguchi, it got a best costume nomination, best makeup, I think. Um, Okay. Here's where I was pissed. I was so mad that Spencer didn't get a best costume nomination. Mm. The whole movie is about the costumes and they're exquisite. And instead we got nominations for like Nightmare Alley (laughs) and West Side Story, which I mean, they're like Cruella. I also feel like that's a movie about the costumes. Like, yes, that's a fine nomination. Cruella is mostly CGI adjacent costumes. Yeah, that's true. The the burning dress and and the dresses moths and whatever. Yes. So that one surprised me. The Dune costumes were incredible. I loved the Dune costumes. Yeah, the Dune was great. I feel like it usually goes to period pieces. So Cyrano makes sense. West Side Story seems like a little bit more of a stretch because it's like you just go to a freaking, I don't know, you go to a, you go to any other thrift it's just shop like and you leather just pick jackets up. and like tool. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can throw together a 1950s Halloween costume, you know. It's like it's not hard, but they were pretty. So yeah, I can see I, your frustration. That is surprising. I didn't notice that. Um, maybe because it felt like they were just a pro- you know they were just copies of what we've seen her wear. Yeah. But they were stunning. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it was such a part of the plot. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like the whole plot rested on these different outfits. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, did the pearls that she ate, did they count as a costume? <laughs> Unclear. Um, yeah. Coming to America, I was surprised that that got nominated for best makeup. But I guess I haven't seen that movie yet. So maybe it does have great makeup in it. We shall what see. What is that? It's the sequel to the Eddie Murphy movie. Kind oh, of wow. <laughs> that is funny. I saw a bunch of people mad Green Knight didn't get nominated. And they just have like the screen by the the picture by picture of like the makeup that was done for the like villain. Oh, the yeah. For the giant like tree man. Yeah. Which I can recognize the frustration. But if that's the only makeup going for it, then it seems sort of like, well, <laughs> diversify you know like (laughs) show Mm -hmm. me what else is going on in that movie um but yeah i I also love that free guy got a nomination for visual effects (laughs) i love that movie so much i know i'm excited for the other ryan reynolds one that's coming out i've heard good things maybe because i follow ryan reynolds and so i see everything he likes which one there's a netflix movie coming out that's about him in the future coming back to the past and he needs help from his like younger self. So it's like, and it's from the same director. So it's like a comedy. It's Sean Levy. Yeah. Oh, I love him. And, um, it looks cute. It looks fun. Funny. I don't know. I see a lot of positive press, but again, that's because Ryan Reynolds is retweeting it. So maybe yes, Ryan Reynolds is like, this is gonna be the Adam <laughs> project. Is that yeah. 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 So there's nothing to look forward to. Oh, Jennifer Garner's in it. Catherine mm-hmm. Keener. I mm-hmm. feel like that's a good cast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Oh, it, it comes out in like a month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Wow. <laughs> Something to expect. Okay. Pretty, we can do this. an episode on that. Yeah. Perfect. Great. <laughs> but yeah, the Oscars are March 27th. Um, we've got hosts. We've got the nominees. And now we just have to get our year-end rankings done done and share that with the people before then yeah so we usually do that the week before the oscars so that means they would come out the 24th yeah i'm working hard to watch these yeah i mean i feel like like, i feel like what i feel like you've watched a bunch (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm i know i'm coming to the end of things that are available but we'll figure it out um but glad we got to talk through these. Uh, excited to see what we pull out of thin air to talk about next week. Um. 
Did you? I know I sent you a list of movies. Yeah. And I also am sure that I didn't put this on there and it's not an Oscar movie. But have you seen The Night House? No. The um, it's a it's like a horror movie mm. that has um Rebecca Hall in it. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Anyways, well. I don't know why, that, but any yes. Uh, that's neither here nor there. I don't know why I brought that up. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll ask you for your list soon enough, so you can just sneak that in there as one of the ones Perfect. you need to see. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, you have to watch like, I don't know, Sea Spiracy or something. <laughs> oh, great. But anyways, always a pleasure. Uh, looking forward to seeing who gets the best score on the Oscar uh, roundup. But that'll be in, I guess, a month. So, yeah. Yeah. And next week we're doing enough champagne to fill the (laughs) Nile. (laughs) Yes. Death on the Nile. Um, I'm excited. I haven't seen it yet. So starring 65 people who have been canceled. And. I've read the book and I've seen the original version of the movie, which is very good. Oh, so yeah. you got opinions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, will anybody live up to Maggie Smith in that movie? I doubt it, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>